only guy who knows anything about blowing up real bank vaults is Joe Bang. I am in car, sir, ring dead. Yeah, we got a plan to get you out. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard, brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Sonny Bunch and Mike Warren. I'd like to remind you that the Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Not only is this our 40th episode, Woo. I believe, but also... Something like that. I don't know. Is it, is it 40? Uh, 39 or 40. 40. Is it, does that include the minis? No. No. Uh, well, we don't well, the minis, those. we're up to 200 now. We didn't have a mini this week for various scheduling and other yes. reasons. Yes, another, another reason, such I can't really remember now because time flies. Uh, but the other thing, of course, is um, to, uh, again, uh, leave a review because we are on the verge of 300 reviews. I think we may have actually passed it already. Did you check? Did you check I didn't today? check today. Last I checked, it was 297. You didn't check today, Thursday oh, morning. <laughs> uh, Thursday uh, morning. Thursday morning, You're which right. is today. You're right. I think uh, I did. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Thursday. Oh, I can't believe what happened in the news today, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, I hope we all had a nice weekend. My parents and uh, my niece came to visit. Weekend they, and uh, like other days. Yeah, other days. Since up the to there. many days since But I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go way back okay. to the weekend. All right, yeah. Because I could barely remember. And uh, my parents and my niece, Emma, came down to visit. Uh, and and spent the weekend uh, with us, and that was lovely. We uh, uh, got up early enough on Saturday and went into the city and found parking right on Constitution. Nice. And uh, it's it, a big win. It's a big win. That's like you know when you know that you know that Seinfeld episode where George talks about how he goes in the concentric circles to find a yes. parking spot. When you just pull up Boom. to the main avenue and you're like, whoa, directly that is a huge win directly across from the National Archives. And uh, so I, we the plan was to go to the National Gallery of Art. That was Kate's plan to get a little culture for the kids. But I said, you know what, we're right here. I don't see a line. Usually they have it snaking down, uh, you know, uh, that part of uh, the archives. And I didn't see anybody. So sure enough, we walked in, went straight through the metal detectors, and went right up to the founding documents. And you stole them. To, so you could just find the treasure. I'm on my way to the uh, north, ch- the old North Church in Boston. Is that where it is? Many floors down. I don't. I, I've actually never seen any of the National Treasure movies. I oh no, I take that back. I, I saw the first one. I saw the first yes. one. Yes, but uh, with with isn't isn't Ned Stark in the first one? Sean Bean. Yes. Yeah, he is. The, what what the, about you, Mike? The, sec- the second treasure? one. I, I I love the National Treasure movies actually because it it's it is sort of this. Pure, unadulterated silliness mixed with patriotism uh, and yes. like a little history. You know, you learn a little bit. Exactly. Like, uh, for instance, I did not know until National Treasure Two that there is uh, an entire uh, uh, vault of treasure behind Mount Rushmore, and I learned <laughs> That's that. It's amazing from from that movie. <laughs> it's good when movies are both uh, entertaining and educational. Exactly. That's when what you, I like in a good yeah, movie. Much you, like the Da Vinci Code. Much yes, like the Da exactly. Vinci Code. I, you look at the, I learned so much about Jesus <laughs> from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> His divinity. Uh, same thing with the dollar. I'll never look at a dollar the same way now with the with the symbols yeah, and the things Masons. like that. The Masons, yeah. exactly. So we did that. We went across to the National Gallery of Art and saw some wonderful works of art. I couldn't. They let you take pictures, which I forget that. And mm. So I took a great picture of, of the paintings. Yes, and so I took a picture of Michael in front of the famous uh, Van Gogh self portrait. The one that you only see one ear, and I told him the story about the ear. It was great. My father, I swear, I think he touched the oil painting. He's like, "Oh, this is because my dad likes to paint." You know, uh, when he's uh, he's besides the doctor. I know, but there was a secret. I ran right. I said, "You can't do it," because I didn't really touch it. He said, "I didn't really touch it." It looked like he touched it (laughs) anyway. Just just the feel. Um, And but that's that's sort of the that's the Washington Smithsonian way, right? Like they're not like real museums. They're like. Museums for the people, right? You know, and, and like the grubby, well, that, the first thing, grubby my, masses. The first exactly. thing my mother said was, "How much is this? How much do we? How much?" <laughs> do we, I said, that "Your taxpayers pay. You could walk right in." He said, "You just walk right in." It and, is. It, I, I am actually always 
kind of shocked and annoyed when I go to New York City or some mm-hmm. other city and I have to pay to go into museums. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, museums mm-hmm. are free. Yes. The Smithsonian has taught me that museums are... This is how you could get down, s- people stealing music, by the way. This is like... Oh, right, because... Music just, should be free because right. I get free, it from, you know... Because, like, art's free. Right, exactly. The art's free. So they love that. There was actually one picture... The Smithsonian's definitely have yes. destroyed the music it's industry. That's, what the, I'm, yeah, that's, that's my next think piece. <laughs> how the, the Smithsonian's enemy. killed... <laughs> The record industry we should be more Smithsonian like Smithsonian and millennials, yeah. both. Both yes. of them. We should spend more. Deadly we should be more like the spy museum. Spend a lot of money for a little exhibit. The so. worst museum I ever went to in D.C. and it's not there anymore was the Crime and Punishment Museum. Yes. which I was like, I was, <laughs> Beth, my wife and I, Beth, she, we were very bored one weekend. We were like, what should we do? You know, and we were thinking about things, and we were like, well, what about that Crime and Punishment Museum? Right. It it was creepy. First oh, of all, I they had like they had like they had like the Bonnie and Clyde death car. Uh, for instance, but like the weird, the really weird part of it was uh, like they had old punishment implements, like oh, yeah. manacles and like racks and stuff. I, I was just that. like, I was like, this is, and it was like a pay, it was like a peon, 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 to to uh, punishing criminals. It was like this is this is how we should treat and all. It's people. Closed I, now? Lo- it's I love oh, that, but it yeah. is closed. Now, oh, that's true. I always is, wanted to go in there. This is like the uh, in Prague they have the, uh, uh, yes. the museum of the torture. Torture. tortures. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's I saw thing. I saw a similar one in uh, the town of Rotenburg in Germany and different. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something. They gave a whole new meaning to ball busting. So. <laughs> On well, the, the, uh, the, the wor- I was going to mention the the worst museum, oh, uh, of worst course, museum. which we've written about here on the Weekly Standards, mm-hmm. the museum, because yes. For, yes. for many reasons, but one of the big reasons is the old museum was, I think, a little more reflective of the way sort of journalism. Do you remember the old museum? It's actually, oh, the one in Roslyn, Roslyn, the one across from uh, where the Free Beacon is. That's yeah. right. That's right. I think it's it's the Arlington it, Free Beacon. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, it, but it was, you know, it was like grubby. It was sort of like, it felt like it was like in a basement. I remember coming when I was a kid visiting DC before I lived here. Um, you know, you have to like walk down and it's, it's kind of a miserable thing, which is I think reflective of, yeah. of journalism as a, yeah. as a, as a, as a career. And now it's this, uh, this, you it's know, this gaudy monstrosity, you know, yeah. on, on, um, yeah. what, what is it? Has, constitution? Has Ferguson re- written a takedown? Oh, many times. He must yes. have. He many, might, yeah. many times, many times. Yeah. But the, 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 uh, the, the, the slippers, Wonkhead yes. slippers and all that. Yeah. So, That's um, it's really just, it. I, re- I remember I went to the museum in Roslyn once cause they had an exhibit for bodies remember oh, bodies bodies yes oh, yeah, that was horrifying it was hor- i mean really it was horrifying and and there were two competing exhibits right there was the german one called i forget what it's and it's all about the where they put the plasticine into the wax and and there was two competing ones there was a german one and, and then chinese the one. american well well yes and it was all about where the bodies came from and supposedly the one that was run by the germans you know they would find you know donated cadavers with bullet holes mm, in the head mm-hmm. and, you know yeah. and it's like that. donated <laughs> donated and uh, broken neck skeletons and things but i remember our tour guide because we did a press thing on this and the guy who was giving the tour said that our museum is definitely our exhibit is not that we treat our bodies with respect mm-hmm. and dignity and behind me is a man dancing with his own skin <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was dancing with his own skin oh my god yes i don't understand i like the, the that whole phenomenon which I guess still is a thing. I, I assume it's still like travel. It, it's so weird and creepy and macabre. I, it's macabre. right up. It's right macabre. up macabre. macabre. It, it's right up there with the anatomical museums. But I'm all into that. I'm, I'm fascinated well, by that sort of I stuff. Mean, no surprise. We know what you're into. So, uh, Sonny, how about you? Um, I had a. I've I've had a pretty good week. I guess. Uh, I was uh, amused to see uh, the the Washington Examiner's Tim Carney uh, tweet that he he likes podcasts the more produced they are. Should mm. have only one host. Worst is dudes chatting, and we did some internet research. Now, I, I Googled podcasts just before this show, and it's true that 72.3% of all podcasts are just dudes chatting. Uh, but I wouldn't know because I don't actually listen to any other podcasts. <laughs> I like I, I the the whole the whole concept of podcasts is very weird to me, and this is I think one of the reasons why our show is so bad is because like the idea of like actual production 
quality and yes. uh, you know that sort of thing is totally foreign no, to me like the idea of like having telling a story or like d- discovering a murder or whatever like that sounds really neat but also like a lot of work yeah or I remember when yeah. I was on the set of right yeah if we had actually interesting stories about our life experience <laughs> right. instead right. of just like <laughs> if we had uh, talking for like seven minutes about museums <laughs> in Washington DC like mm-hmm. then you know maybe maybe the show would be better I don't know I can't I can't say for sure Mike, uh, I, I stopped I stopped listening to this podcast <laughs> six minutes ago. Yeah. So, it's no, that, to... I mean, it is, it is, yeah, I mean, this is getting very meta, by the way. This is like like talking about the current podcast yes. as we're podcasting. I, I don't know. I mean, podcasting has replaced uh, talk radio, you know, for, for the millennials oh, and yeah. for the for the older set as well. Yeah. And um, did you find this out by looking for it on Google? Did you find uh, this factoid? No, Sonny, I, I found this out through my own life experience. Wow. And, um, and, and I think we can extrapolate from my own life experience broadly to, to the make whole, it to yes, make a general right, exactly. statement that's what i do yeah well no I, I remember there was somebody gave us a one star or two star review that was mm. like if you like the morning zoo right. with with no with no actual research or expertise <laughs> about the topic and <laughs> i was like what i was like wait how is this a two star review that's literally that's exactly the aesthetic we're, we're going we for that is for the only thing we don't have is mike <laughs> is just yeah, we just need like a, ma- a sound actually mike is going to provide the sound effects <laughs> i'm like uh, what, what what's the guy from uh, from police academy and all those movies yes, yeah. michael uh, winslow michael winslow michael winslow Thank oh you. God! Lovely. Stop! Uh, Just you. everyone yes, stop. That microphone, microphone is very right wet. Now. <laughs> now, you know what? It's so funny because speaking of internet research, I did some, and I learned that apparently podcasts that change host lineup to boost ratings end up doing more harm than good. Wow! That's yeah. inter- no. Really that's good to, is that, that is that's good. A, that's a woof. Yeah, that's a thing we should probably keep in mind. I don't know. I'm going good right. no, to really no. Interesting. How about you, Mike? How is your week weekend? Yeah, so I spent uh, my weekend with uh, about elbows deep in a giant brown pile of mulch. Uh, uh, yeah, I was scared there. <laughs> I got to uh, I got to my house on Friday night, and they, they, they about six cubic yards of mulch had been dumped they on dump my driveway. It. They dump it. Yes. Um, and I had to write a check for it. So okay, it now, just first free. of all, yep. for most of our listeners, uh, the first question, what is mulch? Mulch is... <laughs> uh, I don't quite know. No, it, it you know, uh, so it's this, you know. Is it fertilizer? It is not fertilizer. It's is not. It loam? <laughs> no, it's, like, it is it's essentially. Like stuff. It is essentially what I think these people did. So I, I bought mulch in bags from Home mm-hmm. Depot, but this mm-hmm. was a, a big, I wanted mm-hmm. a big load of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they essentially take trees, uh, uh, chop them up and mix it with dirt. And that's uh, that's what like mulch you, you know is. the scene at the end of Fargo yeah yeah the chipper yeah. except with a tree right um, and and dirt mm-hmm. uh, and so the, the the task was to take these six cubic yards which is a lot of mulch and move it from my driveway in my front yard to my backyard. How many pounds of mulch is that? I have no idea. It is, is it like a thousand pounds of mulch? No, like two thousand pounds. I have of mulch? honestly I have no idea. I don't know how dense it was. You know, it was like you know, it's hard. It's I'm trying to think of it. It's probably about it, the, the the pile that was that my son was playing on before <laughs> was probably I hope it's not fertilizer. was probably four. No, it's all dirt. Uh, four feet by six feet um, by uh, four and a half feet. If that gives you an idea, and it was kind of in a mountain shape. Mm. So the task was to take it from the front yard, from the driveway to the backyard, so we could make the the, do, the, the do backyard. Do you have a pass. wheelbarrow? So I ha- so so the the story. The story of my weekend was a heartwarming one. You know, one that that I think you Beltway insiders can't quite grasp. You know, those of us living like like I do, a, a mile and a half outside the Beltway uh, in Wait, real do you America. Actually live outside the Beltway, or oh, is it? Oh, is, I live uh, outside. Technically outside technically, the Beltway. You you take the Beltway to get there. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. well, how do you get outside the Beltway right. you know, if you don't take so. the Beltway? He's technically in the outer rim. That's right. That's right. Um, it, what I discovered, so I have a wheelbarrow. Did you, did you buy this from Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> did you buy your 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 mulch from Jabba? Um, Jabba's possi- house. Possibly. Of, That's that must be why Jabba's I, depot. That must be why I have bounty hunters knocking on my door. Um, so. No, it's a story of of neighborliness because I had a wheelbarrow of my own. Mm-hmm. I have a toddler mm-hmm. and a wife who is mostly occupied with trying to keep the toddler out of the pile of mulch. And so I'm taking my shovel and I'm piling it in my wheelbarrow and, you know, I'm getting about uh, one load every five, ten minutes. It's not going to do the trick. Uh, And lo and behold, my neighbor from across the street comes across the street on Saturday morning, brings his wheelbarrow, 
and a pitchfork Aww. and starts. And so he's loading while I take it down <laughs> and we get this nice little rhythm going. And then my, my other neighbor is shouting at me and saying, uh, can we bring, uh, let's bring our wheel. I'm going, well, now I have too many wheelbarrows. So she brings her wheelbarrow over and her pitchfork. And it turns out to, uh, I basically, I didn't finish the job on Saturday, but I got pretty darn close. And uh, my neighbor brought the tarp over and we, and then we sat <laughs> afterward after and, in the hot sun uh-huh, with beers mm-hmm. and, and chatted uh, mm-hmm. with all the neighbors. It, mm-hmm. it was, it was everything that America is about. And it was, and it was beautiful. God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I know because it was outside. That sounds like the worst. If I lived on that cul-de-sac, I think I would have just brought over a cobbler. Yeah, that's exactly. You just you just a cobbler that you you got from a grocery store. (laughs) No, you would have looked out your window and been like, "Close the curtains. I'm not home. I'm not home." I see those piles, you know, uh, of uh, of uh, mulch uh, up and down the street from time to time. I just think, "Oh man, I hope it never happens to my house." (laughs) (laughs) Just just gets dumped in there. People pay. For that, for that luxury. Now, yeah, and that's not peat moss, right? That's something completely different. No, look, mulch, mulch, mulch is, is what mulch. it was. What right. you put down yeah. in the flower beds, mm. so the weeds mm-hmm. don't come doesn't up. It, and it looks doesn't nice. It smell, doesn't it smell? It smells. Yeah, it smells. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. smells very good. I think. Oh, um, well. mm. Okay. Uh, did you guys go on vacation or anything like that? Have you been going? Uh, anywhere? Yeah. Well, we we, we went on vacation. So everybody in Washington goes on vacation in August. No, not everybody. Well, not everybody. <laughs> Most people. The yes. the, 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 the Privileged classes yes. in Washington certainly go to Nantucket or wherever the hell mm-hmm. they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we went we went to Florida back in June um, uh, with with, oh, the, with nice. the family with my parents and um, it was very nice. Yeah, that must have been very exciting. It was very exciting. You know what gets burglars excited? What's that? Babe? Knowing that you're going to do all those things. Summer is prime time for burglary, so now is the time to protect your home. For a limited time, you could take a whopping $100 off Simply Safe's special summer package. This is Simply Safe's biggest ever summer sale. It has everything you need to protect your home an arsenal of security sensors to secure each door and window. Your Simply Safe system comes with a panic button, a blaring extra siren, and a wireless connection to authorities and police dispatch. Your family, your home, and everything in it stays safe around the clock. With Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts, no installation costs, no hidden fees, and 24/7 professional monitoring is just 14.99 a month. This summer, see what Simply Safe can do for your home. Get $100 off your summer security package at simplysafe.com/standard. Hurry, that's simplysafe.com slash standard to get your $100 off. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com, simplysafe.com slash standard for $100 off your purchase. That was a well-read read, Victorina. Thank you. It just rolls off can, the can, tongue. Can I just, something that's been, has, uh, uh, it's been bothering me about what? reads like this, which is, you don't hear the keyword anymore remember that used to be sort of like early in the internet it was like go to a website and type in a oh, keyword. keyword keyword that yeah. that's that yeah. is like that's well, like one of these vestiges a, of the internet yeah. that just no longer exists well that was that so, was an AOL thing right like was that AOL, AOL, that yes. might, you're right you're like right AOL, you like AOL keywords. keywords it was like what is I want to I want to read about comic books so I'm going to type in comics and yes. that's like right it, it was like the internet was AOL really it, that was it's the interesting. Early engine it it sort of held your hand for you yeah. in this in this and it was sort of I think sort of culturally we th- we thought of the internet as like being this vast sort of undiscovered land that we needed you know so we needed like keywords we needed like sort of unlock what was in the internet yeah. and now it's just like there's just a bunch of crap yeah. on there you know what actually w- you gotta like sift I through think it. WTOP they still do search for keyword and they'll they? tell okay. you they'll, they'll give you a it's story probably because it's old people yes. listening because it's old people <laughs> I listen people to traffic on the 8th so I don't know what you I mean I, you and when it breaks I'm Phil Augenstein it's people people who still actually pay for AOL yes <laughs> those people the little discs that come yeah. in yeah. Um, well you get 100 free hours I mean yeah, that's so much <laughs> cha-ching uh, now over over the weekend the hitman's bodyguard did 21.6 million dollars followed by Annabelle the creation at 15.5 million Dollars and then Lucky Logan Lucky at eight million in its first week, but Dunkirk came in fourth with six point seven million dollars. Uh, Sonny, you have this very unpleasant look on your face. Have we hit rock bottom? He always the has box an unpleasant. Look yeah, I don't. I, so. I don't have an especially unpleasant look <laughs> on my your, face. That's this your is just my resting. When you're sleeping, that's, that's my the resting look. sunny face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, I this was this was a weird weekend. Um, uh, I I wish Logan Lucky had done better. Uh, I quite liked it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, 
but I, I don't see any particular like the Hitman's Bodyguard is just kind of a, a, a you know, high concept action flick with two uh, you know well known stars. I, I did you like, see it? Did I actually didn't see it. I actually didn't see it because uh, I, I I couldn't make the the press screening for some reason. Um, and you're not going to see it with the masses. And I'm probably not. Gonna, I'll wait for it to come out on. Uh, I'll wait for my award season screener of the Hitman's Bodyguard. That's oh, good. That's what you I think I could borrow know, probably, that. No, absolutely not. Have we talked about this before? No, we, we haven't. Have we so, and I, and I'm we, still waiting for Sully. Can we? <laughs> you're still waiting for Sully. So, just behind the scenes here, folks. Pull the, back the, the way the way film criticism works is that studios uh, uh, will often send mm-hmm. members of uh, prestigious societies like the Washington Area Film Critics Association award season screeners so they can put together their top ten lists um, and. What this means for the average critic is you have a lot of vultures coming into their office trying to take the free movies that they get so they don't have to go out and pay to see them. And uh, one one such vulture was one Victorino Mattis who came into my office was like, oh, hey, my parents are in town. I need to borrow. Can I borrow? Can I borrow Sully? And he took it, and he didn't bring it back for like a month. Oh, that's not true at all. It was and a couple this weeks. Is, this couple was weeks. this was this is. I was nervous the whole time because every once in a while you hear stories sorry, about sorry. these these screeners winding up on you know uh, video upload download sites, and it's really it's bad news. Like critics get in a lot of trouble. You can you can like. Even with the, even with the thing that not that I've ever taken a the watermarks yeah, the watermarks and the flashing you know right. this is a this yeah is yeah for, right so people put those on the internet because. Goddamn animals, <laughs> savages you, in this in this yeah, ta- but, but in this town. You, you, so anyway, I I paranoid. was I was worried that like the careless person who works next door to me was going to lose it or something. I I don't were, think Vic would himself upload it, but you listen, know just, you are ridiculous. All I anyway. did I lent it to my parents who gave it to my cousins from the Philippines, yeah. and then they did something yeah, on the internet, well, but I don't know see, what happened. I know. So anyway, I, I I used to have a very strict rule about not lending these out, and uh and I'm going to reinst- reinstate that this year. <laughs> There's no more. It was you 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 me? ruined it. You ruined it, and uh, frankly, had, and, uh, for the record, studios, if you happen to listen to this, I never, never, never lend them out, and the only reason I did was because my boss said he would fire me if I didn't let him watch it, So, but it's not going to happen anymore. I had no idea it's not that happen. lending with Sonny is like bl- blockbuster at its height. You have 24 hours no, to I, watch this look, movie. Look, no Be offense. Kind, rewind. No offense. I don't think that it's too much to ask when you're getting something that's in theaters right now to watch it and bring it back. I like I I gave you I gave you very simple instructions. Yeah, watch it, bring it back, and and for I didn't months here, bring it back for twenty four hours, six months, I had no seven idea. months. I had no I'm idea just, he was I'm, bothered. By I'm it. I'm mm-hmm. xing off mm-hmm. squares mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. calendar mm-hmm. like I'm in a <laughs> like I'm in prison waiting to get out. Because anyway, I will be in prison soon. Whenever <laughs> it shows up on anyway, it was, critic it prison was, is, is it, really not it, the same. It's, it's, the critic prison is <laughs> different. It's, really? yeah, it's, it's white collar. It's, it's, it's like white, white collar. It's, white collar. it's not blue we collar. Play and, yeah. okay. We play so, tennis. Yeah, exactly. so, so who here? Who here saw Logan Lucky? We all saw. We yeah, all we saw. All saw, saw, saw I saw. It. Good. Yeah. Sunny, did you want to give a review? Uh yes, because I don't want to have to follow Gene Shalit's review. I believe there's a Gene Shalit review is he, coming, is right? He in? Possibly. I, I don't know. Something hard, to tell. hard to uh, tell. I don't want to have to follow that, so I'll go first. So Logan Lucky is uh, the story of the Logan family. It's uh, two brothers. One one is Channing Tatum. One is Adam Driver, uh, and a sister, Riley Keough. Uh, who is that? How you pronounce her Riley last name? Keough? I think it's Keough. These Irish the names are so cough. hard. I, I honestly don't. I, well, Mike, I you would Keogh. know. You're Irish. Yeah, right? yeah, I, think it's, I think it's Riley Keough. Keough? Okay. Keogh. Riley Keough, uh, who is actually Elvis Presley's granddaughter, interestingly. That's right. Yeah. I see a resemblance um, with Lisa Marie. She does look a little bit like Lisa And Michael Marie. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so it's, it's about this uh, family of kind of Southern... Uh, 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 good old boys, Adam Driver's no, character. No, rednecks. Rednecks, rednecks, yeah, rednecks. Uh, Channing Tatum's character is a, it was a high school football star whose knee got blown out. Uh, Adam Driver was in the army and his, uh, the lower half of his arm got blown off. Uh, and Riley Keough just kind of works in a hairdresser. She, she seems to have it more or less together. Um, and uh, after Channing Tatum gets fired from his job for not properly disclosing that he has a, a, a long-term injury insurance goddamn insurance pre-existing company. condition uh they uh decide to rip off the charlotte motor speedway and the the movie involves uh the various plans on how to do that they have to break 
Daniel Craig's character, Joe Bang, who has a delightful accent, who has probably my favorite movie accent of the year, kind of this ridiculous Southern uh, high-pitched drawl to go along with his bleach bond, you know, buzz buzz cut, uh, uh, is their explosives guy. They have to break him out of prison and then break him back into prison. It's a, you know, there's like a little, little clever uh, uh, subplot there. Uh, I, I quite liked it. I liked it. Uh, enough. The one weird part of this movie was the Seth MacFarlane character. So Seth MacFarlane plays a uh, energy drink mogul who sponsors a car in the race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And he seems to be mostly functioning as a vehicle for Steven Soderbergh's resentments about modernity. Um, he is he is like a, he he's very crass and vulgar and is uh, this the, the sort of guy who like doesn't care about art he's he's the he so in the in the movie he plays uh this energy drink guy who is sponsoring the race car driver and the race car driver is like this artisan who's like you know he talks about his body as an operating system and he has to put in all the right inputs and outputs and he's doing yoga and you know weird weird stuff and he's like this kind of airy intellectual philosophical warrior athlete type jeff gordon-esque um, yeah Je- kind of jeff gordon yeah, he's, like a, he's, like a, like, he's like jeff gordon elevated but like he's like jeff gordon combined with like a director's conception of what a, a, a like pretentious athlete would be like. Yeah, he's like he's Jeff Gordon and um and, and David Beckham like kind of mixed together a bit. Okay, well you know what my body's operating system is a Commodore sixty four. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm pouring just all sorts of awful things into it. Viruses, Trojans. Uh, so, but but the the but uh, the the uh, Seth MacFarlane character who is Australian, I think he has the either yeah. the worst Australian or accent British. or the worst British accent of all time. Um, uh, is can't appreciate any of this and just wants him to you know guzzle the energy drink for photos and you know lots of his, Instagramming and right? there's lots of Instagramming his his cronies his entourage always have their cameras up taking pictures you know and it really it becomes like clear as the movie goes along that like this is a character who Soderbergh hates and wants to kind of represent everything that's wrong with the world and it really just a lot of it doesn't work for me it really slows the movie down and at two hours there are probably 10 to 15 minutes that could have been trimmed a lot of them at the end the coda of this movie just drags on and on and on it goes for it really runs out of gas at the end how dare you yeah so uh the peaks and cheats and cheats from you i'm sorry did you oh no did i steal that line does that i i actually tweeted that with an apology earlier last week i mean your point about the seth MacFarlane character i think is right I think he's he really only has like three moments in the entire movie and in every moment feels he's literally sort of been picked up and dropped yep. in where he doesn't belong I from, mean, a, the, from a totally different movie exactly yep. and and I mean the first time he's on screen when he comes in the bar I'm, I'm thinking what am I what am I watching and it just takes you out of yep. the moment and then totally. as soon as he's gone you're, you're right back in the movie yep. again. Right. And, and this is a movie that is deeply empathetic to with all of its characters I think I mean like the the uh, Channing Tatum is is divorced and his wife is played by Katie Holmes right. and her her new husband is uh the guy from the office. Yeah, he's he's Roy from the Roy office. Roy from the office, thank you. Brian uh uh I got I, 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 I almost had. Uh, Den Den And and they and they're, they're David Demon. David Demon. And they're and they're kind of like figures of fun and the butts of jokes, but also like there's clearly a lot of love in this family and and that sort of and and the the Seth MacFarlane character is just clearly so meant to be despised that it feels it feels wrong for the movie, um, and I I would it, Steven Soderbergh is a is a guy who's he's like one of our most interesting filmmakers and he he does some experiments with editing like for instance he edited. 2001 a space odyssey down to an hour and 50 minutes or something like that and put it on the internet and it was kind of interesting to see you know the the choices he i would love to see a version of this movie that simply cuts out all of the seth MacFarlane stuff i think it would be a stronger film absolutely and even if you keep that moment at the beginning the 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 bar scene that you mentioned mike actually serves at least a narrative purpose where we can see the brothers and how they kind of stand up for each other and you know how they're very very tight and they don't like interlopers and that sort of like that that actually kind of works and serves a narrative purpose but everything else Uh, i mean like they do can go to to be a steven soderbergh for a second i would do that scene with uh you know some 
uh, weekend warrior rafters who are you know coming in to 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 go rafting or camping or something. Yeah, stumble into a bar. They're you know yuppies. they're outsiders, yuppies, yuppies, outsiders who pick a fight and then yeah. and then and then they're dispensed with, and that yeah. does serve right. a narrative purpose. Yeah, right, right, I agree. Right. Uh, so, but I and and I would also trim about ten minutes at the end of the movie. Um, I don't need to see everybody get their happy ending. Their you know various piles of cash and stuff. <laughs> it just I would have gotten rid of all that. But uh, but I again I I really liked it. Everyone sh- I I really think you sh- people should go see it. People should go see it because it's a smart adult oriented you know uh, drama comedy dramedy heist flick and we don't really get a lot of those and we're probably not going to get many more since this made you know seven and a half million dollars this weekend that's right well i i guess uh is is gene is gene coming into the studio the question is do you can we get a a door creaking open sound effect (laughs) okay there we go oh that was gene having too much baked beans okay Um, uh, you asked for it. I th- we did, and uh, you're like a, sure you're did. like a master of impressions, Mike Warren. I wonder what other impressions you do. Um, the question is, do we prefer you know is bad Gene better than no Gene? Is really the question. I think because there was much for Gene to work with on this. Movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, there was a lot of. Oh, well, okay. not, uh, he right. was not inspired, but okay. here he comes anyway. Oh, here he. Came. Oh, Vic. They can't Get all out be of your chair. All right. Logan Lucky is a poor man's Ocean's Eleven. Don't get me wrong. I love Channing Tatum, who has to wrestle with his conscience. And Adam Driver plays his brother, an amputee who carries himself with reserve and dignity. Let's give this guy a hand. I'm joking. He really is an actor of the First Order. (laughs) Daniel Craig plays safecracker Joe Bang, and he gives a breakout performance that will leave you shaken, not stirred. Shifting gears, Logan Logan Lucky doesn't fire on all pistons. The plot was hairy and confusing, much like my mustache. I give Logan Lucky two stars. Take me home to a place where I belong. My living room. And that's the critics' corner. That was good. I don't Bravo, know. Gene. I mean, I Gene. I don't know what you were worried about. This is. I was so distracted by the eclipse the other day. Oh. I was thinking about reviewing that. Yeah. You might as well be staring at the sun. Mm. It was so hot. It was like you were walking on the sun. Here comes the sun. <laughs> Just. <laughs> all right. That's all right. Thank get you, out Gene. Of here. Get thanks, out of here. Thanks, Gene. Now, now, Mike, you like the movie? I, I did like the movie. And, Welcome and I, back, Vic. I, Thank you. I, I, yeah, yeah. Wow, where'd you yeah, came in quickly? <laughs> uh, I, and I agree. I agree generally. It pains me to say. I agree generally with Sonny on his criticisms of it, but um, I I did enjoy it, and it got me thinking about why I enjoy this and the other Steven Soderbergh movie that I really love, which is Ocean's Eleven, which we could maybe talk about later. But um, and, and in general, caper movies. I, I, something about a caper that. Is a caper, a caper. You know, I mean, my. So my, you were game for this. I was, were, I was yeah, game for this. I, and, and I like what I like to watch. It's almost like, like watching, um, say, a Christopher Nolan movie in a way. So it's sort of like how the pieces all work together, mm-hmm. and sort of use movie magic to um, make me believe it could work. Because yeah. when you think about the heist in Logan, there's so many holes in in, in sure. the plan. How could they sure. possibly have timed this all right? But I loved. I love I, what I love. There's something comforting about seeing all of these sort of disparate characters and situations sort of working together in kind of a Rube Goldberg is sort of in the way a Rube Goldberg device. You sort of, I don't know, maybe a little weird. Maybe I'm revealing a little too much. It's just like comforting to see it all mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. uh, working yeah. and going exactly as planned or even, you know, as they say, when when the shit goes down, it's still, you know, they figure out a way. Uh, to, uh, uh, to to make it work. That's what I loved about Ocean's Eleven. It's what I loved about my favorite Muppet movie, The, uh, the, Great, the Muppet Great Muppet Caper, Great Muppet which Caper. is totally underrated. Everybody talks about the Muppet movie and uh, what Muppets take Manhattan, but The Great Muppet Caper is a terrific movie, and it's a caper. And I, I, We don't have enough capers not enough to get not, not to get off track here, because I do want to talk a little bit more about um, Logan Lucky, but uh, the Great Muppet Caper was not Manhattan. It wasn't the Muppet movie. It they was... were in London. They were. Oh so, yes, of course. <clears throat> I mean, if you yes, really yes, want yes, me yes. to give you a deep synopsis, no, of... no, <laughs> mm. we don't okay. want that. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. I was just checking on that. Uh. Um, my, my my thought was I would have cut at least like I thought the the, the beginning was really slow. I, really, I just, you thought the beginning thought was the slow. beginning the, was yeah. slow. I felt like it picked up later. There were parts where I, it was so slow. I thought I was watching Solaris. Mm. Mm. Thank you, um, and uh, 
Anyway, but but there are Ocean's Eleven elements. And I mean, they they literally make a joke about it. Yeah, they well, make, there's a meta joke at the end. They right, called it Ocean Seven Eleven. Right. Yeah. And the uh, spoiler alert. The uh, there was also the two guys who helped them out, right? Joe Bang's brothers. Yes. Right. Yeah. And th- yes. that's basically Casey Affleck and Scott yes. Khan. Yeah. I mean, they, they're the yeah. ba- well, well, they're, they're in the in Ocean's Eleven. They're the yeah. Bash brothers, right. right? And they're the and they're the ones who are uh, yeah. also like changing costumes and stuff, yes. right? which is what they do in this. And in then this they movie. do a thing where yeah. at the end, then they go back and then they explain how things worked yep. out. I, I love did that. that one. Right. I'll, I'll tell you. Go ahead, Sonny. Uh, one thing I do just want to highlight again for praise Riley Keough, who is very who is I like I I loved every moment she was on screen, and it was little things that she did like. She really embodies the kind of like southern uh, sass, sassy, sassy. Like the 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 simple flick of the wrist that yep. she does yes. at 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 Channing Tatum, kind of toward the end of the film. It works perfectly, not just because she does it exactly right with her fingers and kind of like waving her waving her hand, but also like her fingernails are done up in the kind of perfect like former beauty queen style white trash way white, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it just like it, it everything about that everything about those moments with her or like when she's when she like kind of walks out into the parking lot and looks at a mustang she's gonna steal it's a mustang right it was uh, like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and she and she's just like mm. and it was like i was like yes i could she perfectly embodies this role and she so she her first kind of big role i think was mad max fury road she was one of the furiosas she's one of the oh, yeah. minions yeah she was one of the the girls that they they save um, oh that's right yeah, yeah, yeah um and uh and she is just i like every time i see her in something i'm like oh she's really who is oh it's riley keogh ah, that's she's great so she's anyway. a bit of a chameleon too right i mean she's yeah she can of, she's, she's, just, she's an actress that's right she can really act uh well, the, the last thing i'll say about logan lucky is um i was struck by it was interesting i had this thought and and, and i had a feeling that it was the case that the film was filmed in Georgia, not even though it takes place in West Virginia. Just the the. And the you're a Georgia. I, I'm a guy. Georgia. I'm as a, as a West Virginia Georgia. and North Carolina. I mean, they. You know, that's the right. North, North Carolina. Carolina that's right. Um, but it had this look of Georgia. The accents sort of reminded me of kind of Northeast Georgia. They they weren't quite West Virginian, um, which is kind of hard to to pin down. Um, and and so I was I was struck by that. And I was also it, 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 and that was sort of there were little details like the house, the both of the houses that. Um, that uh, Channing Tatum's uh, ex-wife, Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes, that's right, and and David Demon live in. They sort of of a certain era, sort of turn of the twentieth, cer- turn of the twenty first century look to them. Suburb, McMansion. suburban McMansion. McMansion. That's that's all We're over rich. there. And then and yeah. then and then all the um, it just had this um, uh, this. It, it struck me while watching the movie that I found out, of course, it was filmed there. Ah. And the last thing I would say is, um, as you pointed out, Sonny, the characters were all treated. With the exception of the Seth MacFarlane character, uh, not even sympathetically, sort of suggests that they're. It was just treated them as Steven Soderbergh often does, as just real people. Yep. As is, yeah. as is. Yes, I, I, I was a little creepy. That there was kind of a John Benet thing going on at the end there with her, you know, the the daughter singing. She got all the makeup Take on. Take me home, right? Yeah. I, I just found I found it problematic to look at with all the makeup. I thought that was weird. You didn't think, Sonny? Don't look at Mike that way. Uh, I didn't think that was weird. Isn't there a read? To be done next is there yeah, can, can we, we can we just can we just can we move on move okay i didn't lie i'm just gonna on. say it. I, it's move on dot org. I didn't like it uh i thought it was weird but maybe that's just the way it is with these things sonny you look like you're looking at me like this is a segment that's gonna be cut <laughs> no i don't i'm a, i want I'm i want this weird. i want the fbi oh, to have oh, um, just, I'm, record i'm this. saying it's weird i'm saying it's weird i didn't like it okay i didn't even think of that but okay uh, I thought of Little Miss Sunshine. Per, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, but but it's a that's Miss a Sunshine play on thing. that, which is a play on, well, I have to go back there now. Uh, you know, we're talking about solid performances. Boy, our, our advertisers are really going to love following <laughs> this segment. This ice, yeah. Yeah. Yes, remind me too. We'll just, why don't we just bleep the name? We could just bleep the name. Okay. Uh, solid performances. Do you know who I liked in this movie? I saw him. I said, I know that guy. Where is he? It's driving me crazy. And then mid-movie, I realized who it was. Say it. Jim O'Hare from... No. From uh, Parks and Recreation, no, who's no. the guy Besides who him, He's good, too. No. He was terrific. Ready? Dwight Yoakam. Yes, Dwight Yoakam, yes. The warden. Play, he's great in everything. Playing against type, right? He's sort of like the the the, um, the guy who's in charge, and Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, usually he's country. Yeah. Uh, I remember him in the panic room. He was the cold-blooded killer. Not Forrest Whitaker. It was Dwight Yoakam. And also, uh, he's Dwight Yoakam, I believe, kills Jared Leto. In the panic room. Yes. And also... It's just panic room. It's not the panic, the panic room. room. It's just Facebook. It's not <laughs> the, the Facebook. Pan- it's the just Google. panic room. In the Google. And the uh, Sling Blade. 
That's the that's right. Oh, the sling blade. The right. sling blade. I've seen, and that that was one I thought I found most uh, disconcerting. He kept you on edge. Yep. I think. Dwight Yoakam's great. He is great, and he just keeps on he keeps on going. Um, so you thought this was a good idea for. Uh, uh, Soderbergh to do this movie? Yeah, I thought it was a smart choice. Oh, you know what else is a smart choice there, Sonny? Is the Dollar Shave Club. You'll get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club executive razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade glides ever so gently and gives me such a smooth shave. Plus, their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps preventing ingrown hairs, and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to the Substandard Podcast can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Shave Butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel any time you like, but why would you? You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Uh, can I just say that I'm a ch- I, I'm just dubbing myself a charter member of the Dollar Shave Club. Really? So, yes. Uh, I was sucked in by their uh, online advertising several years ago. So No kidding. Yeah. So, so you the, are already the, on board. The smooth face that you're looking at right now is a product of the Dollar Shave Club. The- don't take a picture of them. <laughs> don't don't put it. That that's Just, not good advertising. I, mean, I, I didn't shave. Have, I didn't shave. You, you, but it is now. We're almost at midday, so you have to shave again, Mike. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That, you do yeah. too. You and Daniel Helper yeah. takes two shaves. Her a day. suit. My picture is <laughs> right next to it. <laughs> it's coming up from under. Okay, yeah. so uh, I was thinking about uh, where where Logan Lucky fits into the Soderbergh oeuvre, and also. When did Soderbergh become Soderbergh? You know what I mean? He did other things. He was a film editor, and he still likes to film editing. He does other things when he was, you know, rising up through the ranks. What what, what did it for him, Sonny? Well, I mean, I don't know how to answer that question. Soderbergh is like a he, – he, he, the thing about him is that he's kind of a polymath, and, uh, you know, even, even when it comes to things like drinks, which we will discuss in a moment, uh, he has a lot of different uh, fingers in a lot of different pots. Um, but I, what I, like, I, I actually don't know what makes a Soderbergh movie, a Soderbergh movie, like of the, of our, of the auteurs, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm not entirely sure what it is that makes a Soderbergh flick, a Soderbergh flick. But I think, I think part of it is just his, like his, his ability to empathize and totally make relatable, like kind of vaguely ridiculous people. Are you ready for this? Go ahead. In the summer of 1990, I saw Sex, Lies, and Videotape in the movie theater. Mm. You were probably... 1990, I was eight. <laughs> so did you not see it? Did uh, see I it? did not see it in the theaters. It's a great movie. I was at Nerd Summer Camp in Lawrenceville, and uh, we just had a day out in Princeton. And so um, just a small handful of us went to see a movie. Um, and it was and the greatest disappointment of your young life? It was weird. I do like... I, I mean, I like Andy McDowell, but even better was, uh, I think it's Laura San Giacomo. Mm. She's fantastic. Yeah. She still is fantastic, yeah. and she was great. There's Well, there's that very funny joke in The Simpsons where the kids go to see Naked Lunch. Yes. And they're walking out of the theaters, and, and, and one of them says, I can think of two things that are wrong with that title. It's just, I kind of imagine, yeah, you know. Well, uh, it's also of its time. I mean, James yeah. Spader in a camcorder, it gets right. complicated. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I, but I, 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 what is interesting about him is that he kind of hops from genre to genre and he does it with total ease. And there's just a, you know, he's, I, I would say he's, I, I, I would kind of say he's best known for his heist flicks, but I don't know that that's true. Like Traffic is, is probably his best rewarded movie. Um, and, he also had Che, which is kind of a historical drama that goes over uh, a I bunch get of years. Confused, I get confused between Traffic and Crash. Well, Traffic was good. Yeah. And Crash, and Crash was bad. won the Academy Award and, for Best yeah, Picture. Crash won that's Best right, Picture. Was, see, yeah, that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. But I, my, favorite, my favorite period of Soderbergh, the, for me, I, the moment when, yeah, when you say when Soderbergh became Soderbergh, I don't, I, again, I don't know exactly what that means. But like, I really love his stretch from like 2009 to 2011, which is uh, a stretch where you get in order off of IMDb, The Girlfriend Experience, which is a low-budget uh, kind of indie flick about 
uh, high high class prostitutes, um, which is really I mean just really fantastic and again very empathetic. Very, now I'm like, interested. Very you would you would actually you would I like this, you would this. like this film except there's no there's not I don't think there's any actual nudity in it. What sadly, a, what a sadly for you. I'm sorry, I can't but it was it, it's a great movie about the kind of of, of the the nature of uh, the the service industry that we are kind of all. Mm-hmm crashing into it as we go forward and automation replaces so many jobs uh the informant which is a subversion of you really the, like that i love uh, the informant is may maybe my favorite steven soderbergh movie and it is it's this kind of perfect inversion or subversion of the whistleblower movie where you have a guy who you know kind of makes himself out to be the hero because he's you know ratting on this big corporation and actually it turns out he's a, a lunatic and a psychopath uh and everything is going fine, which I actually haven't seen. Uh, Contagion, which is a, mm. which is a, uh, it's basically like Outbreak, but if Outbreak was like real and and kind of hewed to science. And having stuff. having ha- having watched Contagion, do you touch your face a lot less now? I, well, no, no, but I do think about it. I actually, mm-hmm. I mean, I do. Th- it was very funny. So I saw Contagion. Uh, I saw. I, I watched Contagion at home uh, on on demand with uh, with my wife and we uh, the next day she had to go to something like a uh, she had to go out of town for something so I was at home and after we had watched it I had like started feeling kind of sick you know and I thought oh this is just you know psychosomatic I just saw this movie about this deadly flu and actually it turned out I had uh, viral pneumonia and so like (laughs) so over the course of like 24 hours I went from feeling like kind of sick but like not thinking too much of it to having like 103 degree fever while my wife was out of town and I'm like trying to take my dog outside and I lived in the city at the time so I'm like walking my dog on the streets of 14th Street Northwest and like leaning against my apartment <laughs> building so I don't just fall over coughing and at I, people I, like, patient zero I could, in, I, like, in, I could in not, Chinatown I could not breathe I just like I almost passed out on the streets it would have been bad. I mean, it would have been. Would have been bad. So anyway, uh, there have been some poetic. Yes, yeah, yeah. to that. To that. Uh, so and, and then one. Oh, I'm sorry. One, one more movie in 2011, Haywire, uh, which is his uh, the his kind of fight movie. It's like a it's like a martial arts movie with Gina Carano, who plays a secret agent. Who haven't and, seen and see, it. You're shaking your head. Haven't like, seen it. it the, like uh, these are these are four of these movies are great, and uh, uh, and I. I I'm often annoyed by how many people simply have never heard of them. Like mm-hmm. Haywire is a great mm-hmm. movie. I think it, it may not be on Netflix anymore, but he, okay. he, everyone should see them. And, and my point here is that he is hopping from genre to genre. He is like doing yes. different things yes. with different actors and all of it works perfectly. It's just great. How about you, Mike? Um, well, first I was going to say Contagion. That was filmed at the CDC, I think in part. I think my wife was working there at the time. Oh. It was sort of, that was like, yeah, this so like, real. This, it was kind of yeah. kind of a weird thing to like be there like filming a movie about an outbreak mm-hmm. like while you're mm-hmm. working in the yeah. um, uh, So I am I'm not a movie guy as much as uh, as you're much a music. As, guy. I'm more of a music and yes. t- in TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so I've only seen um, a couple of uh, Steven Soderbergh movies. Um, I mentioned Ocean's Eleven, which I think I I like saw that movie. When I was when I was like a young teenager, it sort of sort of like hit me at that at that time, where I sort of like got interested in sort of like grow, you know grown up movies and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, and um, I just thought the whole structure of it it was sort of elegant and had this coolness to it, and I really liked it. I don't know if it stands up now. Um, it does. It really does. Oh, it yeah. stands up better than the original Ocean's Eleven with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, well, yeah, which they're like all like yeah. soused. Um, but. Um, yeah, I, I, so I love that movie. I just love the the pacing up, the structure of it, and uh, again, back to my obsession with with heists and, and capers. It just has this kind of internal fun, internal logic to it that I, I love. Um, uh, I've also seen. So when I heard we were going to be talking about Steven Soderbergh, I said I'm going to uh, pull up the Netflix machine and see what Steven Soderbergh movies are streaming. Oh. on Netflix, and there are two. Yeah, there is Che. <laughs> Which, which I had no the four hour time. cut yeah I yeah, had it's no like, time it's like Che part one and part two yeah, yeah exactly I had no interest or time in in watching and Magic Mike uh, well, which yeah, which I proceeded to watch um, on my computer it was it made me at work l- yeah made me a little uncomfortable um, I wasn't quite sure what I was what I was doing. but it was actually a very good movie it's I, great it, yeah I, no. I thought you it, were it, it, curious it, about it that's what you're saying. So I uh, am moving on from that. Uh, no, but it goes to what we were talking about earlier with Steven Soderbergh movies, which is he takes people who are normal and who have, and you know, maybe even a little 
uh, on the on the on the aspirational uh, side of of life and tells their stories in a way that is realistic. I mean, so yeah. so Magic Mike, for instance, what struck me besides all the great acting, you know, Matthew McConaughey, the Matthew McConaughey. This was the McConaissance. This began, was this was yes. this was not quite ground zero of the McConaissance, yeah. but it was probably Dallas close. Byers probably then, yeah. probably Lincoln, the Lincoln lawyer, was mm. ground yeah. zero of the McConaissance. Well, and I, then I, Mud, and then Magic Mud, Mike. Mud came before. Okay, um, I think Mud came before. That, I'm, I'm I might be. Get anyway, sorry, you sorry. Might, I may be getting a correction, Sonny. Um, the, the impossible. <laughs> uh, yeah, the moment where Matthew McConaughey says, uh, "La la break is here." To, I was just like, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like exactly what. Uh, uh, it's exactly what was needed for that movie. Um, but I was thinking about. I always like to think about how could a good movie have been bad, and mm-hmm. I look at that as and think. Sort of oh. opportunity cost. That, that this is this is how you know a great movie is great That's or a good right. movie is good because of what they could have done. Oh. And in that movie, right, the 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 thing that moves the plot forward mm-hmm. is that is that Matthew McConaughey is mm-hmm. trying to move everybody mm-hmm. up to the next level. They're in Tampa mm-hmm. and they're trying to move. And in a bad movie, uh, a non Steven Soderbergh version mm-hmm. of this movie would. Have them going to Vegas, you know, to, oh, we're going to compete with Chippendales and that's going to well, be it, the... I think that may actually be what happens in the sequel. Is that what happens in the... I have I, not I, seen XXL. Which, which is, which I, I, well, then, I actually haven't seen it, but which is... I haven't either. Which is supposedly like not, not as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well, original. maybe... The, the I mean, maybe, um, I, there is like a, I believe there is like a competition aspect to it. Right, it would be like they would move to, it would be yeah. co- competing with Chippendales and they'd have the big male stripping competition Strip of the off. world. Yeah. And... And this movie, instead, just what do they want? To, they just want to move to the bigger market, to Miami. And there was like a realness to it, and and I just appreciated that. Yep. And then and then I would ask, add add Logan Lucky as my number three on that list uh, for the reasons we mentioned. Magic Mike, directed by Jay Roach or something. I don't know. Is <laughs> that two feet on Jay Roach? Okay, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> what did Jay Roach run over your dog? Yeah, no, I was just trying to think of that kind of ilk. Um, Here's you, you, you're right, Sonny, about jumping from genre to genre. Here's something that uh, my wife is, and I saw at HBO once: Behind the Candelabra. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. That was something. Um, it was a terrific. little too gay for you. No, it was a terrific a cast. It was I, fascinating. It, was, it, was it really, fascinating. it really is totally fascinating. And, and I, I figured you would actually be really into it because, yeah. like, you were kind of into camp. <laughs> yeah, and, no, no, like, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm like, a big fan of this. I knew about Liberace and Scott Thorson and this whole thing, and and but but uh, and, and he was, of course, a very talented uh, 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 pianist. Pianist, uh, but. Uh, the idea, and, and and Soderbergh distills us the idea that Liberace wanted his lover to be his personal personal assistant, chauffeur, and then adopt him as his son. Yeah, that's ah, just messed up. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was weird when you brought me the adoption papers. That, frankly, <laughs> to be my son. I was son. like, I was, I, I mean, look, I'm happy to drive your car and do your do your laundry, but that was just that was you weird. Need that was to relax. Too far. Sonny, you need to relax. Um, and also, you know, and Rob Lowe was the, the plastic surgery yes. and the fixation of yes. the plastic surgery is, yep. it was really, really something. And, uh, and of course, remember who played, um, uh, Liberace's mother, Debbie Reynolds. Huh. Oh, may oh, she rest in peace. We mentioned Ocean's Eleven, which we all like. And, um, I loved Out of Sight. I really, really, I mean, he had, he already had excellent source material, obviously, cause it's Elmore Leonard. But it was so well done. I thought it was a terrific cast. And you yeah. just saw it yeah, yesterday. I, actually, I, I watched Sunny. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Last week. I watched it earlier in the week. I watched, I watched it on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday, in case you can't tell, everyone. Uh, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I, uh, I, watched, I, did, I watched it on Monday. And uh, I, I will be honest, I hadn't seen it since it was out in theaters. And I, there were things about it that I really liked. Um, it, is, it is very much an Elmore Leonard movie and not really a heist movie it's not really a heist movie because it's like the heist is not the central idea of the film it's not like the big concluding moment uh, and that uh, i had i guess kind of misremembered it i don't know but it, it is it is also kind of a it is one of these great george clooney movies where he's actually like he's not mugging for the camera no, no. and he is he is just kind of exuding that natural movie star charisma that he has and you see that also in the oceans movies yes. and you don't see it anytime he's working with the coen brothers George Clooney Coen brother performances are like I would say on uh, my top five things that I hate in the world the most. It's bad. George Clooney chemistry. in a Coen Brothers movie, it, he just mugs and he except like, for intolerable like, cruelty, right? I mean, clearly you're leaving oh, that God. out. There's that. 
It, but but even like I I can I just cannot watch uh uh oh brother where oh brother where mm. art thou I I I mm-hmm. that movie drives me up the wall and the only one the only one of his uh, the only one of their movies that I like that he's in and plays a significant part is Hail Caesar yep and he's barely in that movie and it like and it actually kind of works as like the airless or like the clueless airheaded mm-hmm. kind of um, playing himself yeah like the clueless airheaded you know uh, 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 movie star who thinks he knows something about communism and ideology something that we don't often see is uh, characters repeating themselves in different movies even though they're connected so with like Elmer Leonard's novel Jackie Brown and then he does of course out of sight so I enjoyed seeing Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah it was funny. Reprising I, yeah, his role, but he had gone from DEA to FBI, and he wears oh. the FBI T-shirt, and Dennis Farina says, do you have another T-shirt that says undercover? So, and, and then Michael Keaton just says, no. The, the, no. Yeah. And, and, the it, LCU, the, it really, the Leonard yep. Cinematic Universe. There you go. Very All right. good, Mike. Uh, and, and I would say also, the most terrifying Don Cheadle character, I've, I don't think I've seen Don Cheadle more just terrifying. Than yeah. He's a scary guy, yeah. Snoop, Snoopy. Okay. Corrections and additions. Sonny, you none. probably have. Uh, Mike, do you have any corrections from last week? No, none. I was perfect last week. I have two things, two thoughts here. Last week we talked, uh, we had follow-up thoughts on the closing of the Chinese restaurant uh, in our building at the Free Beacon. I said it was Hunan Garden, but it's China Garden. China Garden, yeah. Now, Sonny, you tweeted a picture of it. What happened when you uh, took the picture? <laughs> well, the security guards in the at the mall level of 1000 Wilson Boulevard said no pictures and I said oh okay and then I tweeted it immediately you don't you're not the boss of me <laughs> how could they tell security you not to take a picture wow, of a building a that makes no what a rebel <laughs> it's very disturbing isn't it i don't know what's happening in this country um we also um we, you know Jerry Lewis in, uh, died and people were wondering that we did in fact talk about Jerry Lewis in an early early episode uh, we were having a discussion of Spielberg and Schindler's List and Holocaust yeah. movies and then came <laughs> up the, a real the, real feel good episode. The day, yeah, was the day that <laughs> remember that one, cried. Mike? Yes, yes, that was one of my favorites that I participated in. <laughs> you were great in that. Um, okay, and, and it was weird because I actually did talk about Jerry Lewis that morning before I heard that he had died um, with my wife and kids. We were, I was looking at that video. Angel of death. Yeah, it was the video of uh, Martin Lewis and a young Christopher Walken. Um, sorry. Poor but, Christopher Walken. But, but your angel of death status, I mean, Jerry Lewis was... Was, was old, right? I mean, like so I was Gene Shalit. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, <clears throat> anyway, away from that. Let's go on. Move on to spirit of the week. And boy, do we have a special spirit today? Spirit Sunny. of the week. Well, we're running out of time, so I'm going to be quick here. We are drinking uh, Singani sixty three. Uh, uh, old fashions. So Singani sixty three. Of course, we've drunk. We we've actually had this before on the show, and we had it straight, which was a mistake. It's a it's a Bolivian brandy, and frankly, drinking it. Just uh, on its own is not not a good idea. I did not like it that time. Um, but the <laughs> the uh, thanks, Mike. The uh, the but what what I did was followed one of the recipes on the website. So Singani sixty three again is like kind of owned and and uh, uh, promoted by Steven Soderbergh. I actually don't know if he owns it, but he's like very he's very into uh, oh, selling and promoting. Oh, this is the tie-in, yes. of course. So uh, one of they they Smart they have cookie. a they have a recipe for an old fashioned which uses uh, I I can't remember it's tur- turbino uh, syrup or demerara it's like turbinado like yeah turbinado yeah, yeah thank mm-hmm. you. so it's basically raw sugar not the processed white sugar it's like raw yes. um, kind of brown crystal sugar and I made my own syrup which like if you if it's you, delicious and if you if, if you have any interest in making cocktails you should really make your own syrup it takes literally five minutes to do it's very easy uh, and it saves you a ton of money um, and it will keep for six months you like you you'll go through it in no time flat this this cocktail and subsequent discussion is why Trump won I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but but the anyway so the the the, uh, the old-fashioned is uh, two ounces of uh, Singani uh, uh, plus two table two teaspoons of the tur- turbinado sugar mm-hmm. uh, syrup and uh, three dashes of bitters. Now I made doubles because we had an hour here to fill, and yeah. you know th- two ounces is not going to get us through that. So, but it but it's actually really good. I thought. I mean, I like I mm-hmm. I I am I a, I'm an I am an old fashioned connoisseur. Yeah, I love old fashioned. I, I like I don't and drink. This, is, this was delicious. I don't I don't drink them at restaurants usually because a lot of the times you get a lot of fruit muddled into the into the drink. But Too like sweet. if yep. you what, this is not- but what you do here is you just you just cut off uh, a little bit of orange rind and a little bit of lemon rind mm-hmm. and you twist it. Mm-hmm. 
to get the oils. Yeah, the essence. You got to get the oils mm-hmm. into the drink. And it just, it just, it, the, it, it really works. I highly recommend it. If you can find a bottle of Singani 63, you should follow the instructions uh, on the Singani 63 website and make an old fashioned. How You'll good? Love is, it. How good is Sunny Bunch's old fashions? I'm on medication right now and shouldn't have alcohol, and I've been drinking this all day. It's delicious. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize that it's I was nice going to kill you. Nice knowing you guys. Nice knowing you guys. That's all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorito Mattis, at Sunny Bunch. At Michael R. Warren. Again, be sure to subscribe please, to us. Sub- please follow me on Twitter. Please, I beg of you. He loves the DM. I, he loves I, I love it. I love it. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, uh, Stitcher. Just type in Substandard under podcast, and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Uh, Until next time. So, you know, it was weird. Um, I I was channel surfing the other day. Can can I just say that was a great show? I well, just thank so, you. I'm just well, so well, Mike, proud. Mike, of, our show is with you. I've yeah, always been solid. Always been, it you're, was just, you know, you know, you're really just, the glue that holds this whole thing together. Well, I, I've always thought that. but Well, you know, I, I was just going to say, um, I, I forgot to mention, I was just channel surfing the other day, and I was on a TV land or wherever, and they had a um, they were showing Bewitched, you know, with Elizabeth Montgomery as the housewife. Which, sure. Um, but it was one of the later seasons, and I had forgotten that they replaced Darren, the husband. It used to be Dick York, and then one day... It was the actor Dick Sargent, and it was so weird because there was like no explanation. They just acted it was just like unannounced, unannounced, like everything was normal, and they had replaced him. Isn't that weird? Uh, I'm sure it was fine.